Audio Epics presents The Beast of the Western Wilds A Witch Hunter Tale by Domine de Groot With the voices of Domine de Groot Elin Hoskins Dane Leonardson Matthew McLean Robert Cadmore Sarah Golding, Karim Kronfli, Grace van Leisebetten, Niklas Reinhold, Aaron Bodanovich, and Olivier Fuchs. Music by Peter van Riet and Dane Leonardson. Sound mixing and post-production by Domine de Groot. A whiskered nobleman sat in front of the fire in his lavishly decorated library. He peered into the flames, clutching the arms of his chair as if he were afraid to fall out. His aquiline features were contorted in a somber scowl as he mulled over his troubles. When his thoughts became too gloomy, he snapped out of his ruminations heaving himself out of his chair. He wandered out of the library and into the pillared hallway. This castle was too large and too cold for decent living, but he didn't mind. It was the right kind of place for him. With a firm stride in his long legs, he made his way past pillared archways and dusty candelabras. He stopped at last in front of a large window peering out into the darkness. There, the bare branches of the winter trees swayed and scratched against the window pane like the fingers of the damned. But nothing out there could possibly be as damned as he was. The man's eyes looked out beyond the trees, into the hidden depths of the forest. Out there, somewhere, lay his last hope his one chance to sidestep his doom. A door opened behind him. The old man turned around as a diminutive figure entered. It was a creature with odd bulbous eyes and huge pointed ears. At the end of its unnaturally extended limbs were long thin fingernails scratching over the stone surface. And? The creature looked behind to a doorway and screeched. The man nodded slowly in approval as the door opened and another, similar being entered the room. It hauled forth a bag, sliding it over the floor. Well done, now go. And the small monsters scuttled away. 
he kneeled down and loosened the rope that tied the bag. The cries of an infant child echoed in the cavernous room as the old man grinned with satisfaction. Thirty years later. Alfred closed the door behind his back and breathed in the night sky. It was a bit chilly, but he didn't mind. The sight of the many stars was one of the few things that could quiet his mind. Leaving the farmstead, he started his usual night walk on the old gravel path along the edge of the woods. It had been another long and arduous day for him and his wife. Ever since their son had left them, the seasons had just crawled by, and the bond between them had cooled. Alfred had never been used to speaking much, but these days his own mind never stopped pestering him. During the day he mulled over his thoughts while he was working, and in the evening he was often lost in ruminations while sitting in silence with his wife at the dinner table. He thought about life, he thought about the future, but mostly he thought about his son. Word had reached them that Kaspar was now expecting a child with that girl he married in Schnertwald. It had stung when they hadn't been invited to the wedding. But never knowing his grandchild was a pain that went too deep. <sighs> Alfred sighed as the pathway took a turn and he entered the woods. Perhaps he had simply been a bad father. Perhaps his harsh, sometimes even cruel attempts at forcing his son to follow in his footsteps had destroyed their family ties. If that was so, then Alfred was truly sorry. He had only ever wanted to raise a good son. He ambled between the trees, hardly noticing how dark it was. The wind gently rustled the leaves as the creatures of the night called out to each other somewhere deep in the woods. They were all noises that Alfred had become accustomed to. At once he stood still, as he heard a sound that was new to him. It had been a low, rumbling growl. No animal he knew made such a sound. It didn't quite alarm him, but it raised his curiosity. For a brief moment, he was actually pleased that something had taken his mind off his family's troubles. That feeling was gone when he saw the eyes. He knew at once this was not a creature of the natural world. The eyes were entirely green, like a cat's, but they glowed like burning coals. The glow from those eyes was so intense that it even shed a pale green light on the creature's pitch black fur. Then he saw two rows of teeth, long and sharp, like the daggers hunters used to skin their spoil. Alfred forgot all about his family's problems as the full realization hit him. Here before him was a monster of legend. Yeah. <laughs> 
after his screams died, only the gentle sounds of the wind in the trees remained. The animals of the woods were quiet. Word of a monster. A monster, you say? Ludlov cocked an eyebrow. He stood with his arms crossed, leaning against one of the dozens of pillars that carried the roof of the indoor marketplace. The stench of fish was pervasive, but he didn't mind. He rather liked the dependable smells of the places he knew well, no matter how unpleasant. He had heard the word monster, and as a witch hunter, that intrigued him. His eyes glinted with eager interest beneath the shadows cast by his tall witch hunter hat. The guard in front of him shrugged. That's what they told us, Master. I wouldn't believe it myself if it weren't my cousin Adolphins who told me so. He's an honest one, he is. Ludlov studied the guard's features. Beneath his well-polished helmet, his face was comical. Pale skin, crooked teeth, and big watery eyes hovering above a frail long neck. The lad's expression conveyed some measure of trepidation in the witch hunter's presence. This was certainly no liar or boaster, and he had to admit he was intrigued. He hadn't found any evidence of his greatest concern, the evil cult known as the Black Sickle, in months. An old-fashioned monster hunt would at least keep him in shape. I believe you. What kind of monster? The guard's face lit up with the knowledge that Ludlov took him seriously. The witch hunter presumed he was the first one to listen to this young man's story without laughing at him. A beast, sir. Huge and evil. Far as black as the hand of Lucas. Forgive me, blasphemy. Are you a servant of the evil, God? The man's eyes widened. Pardon, sir. No. Never in a thousand years I'd be. I thought so. If you do not worship Lucas, how can you blaspheme against him? Continue. Forgive me, Master Ludlov. A bent woman approached. She was clearly a Sintra gypsy. Her black hair was streaked with grey, and her beady eyes glinted beneath a frayed hood. The witch hunter's nostrils were overwhelmed by the stench, causing him to cough. <coughs> Santa Gwendala, preserve us, woman. How old are these fish? No fish for you? No, thank you. Please remove them. The gypsy woman shrugged and disappeared into the crowd again. So you mentioned black fur? Yes, sir. Well, that's not all. The eyes, sir. Glowing in the dark? The man nodded. Ludlov noticed how pale his face was, though he couldn't tell whether that was due to his own description of the monster or the pervasive smell of the fish market. Let us leave this place. Pardon me, sir. I'm on duty. I order you to follow me. A direct order from a superior rank was all the man needed. He smiled and followed Ludlov out of the indoor marketplace. When they left the noisy hall, the street outside suddenly seemed very peaceful. Puddles reflected the overcast sky and raindrops were still clattering from rooftops from a shower that had ended minutes ago. The smell of fish was still palpable, but the freshly fallen rain and burdened their nostrils of the worst of it. A lone gull was soaring overhead, looking for scraps. 
Your beast sounds like a werewolf. Ludlove continued his stride away from the market. A werewolf, master? Yes. If this is true, your cousin's village is in grave danger. Where there is one, there might be more. They turned north at the end of the street. The vast cathedral became visible beyond a sea of rooftops. Three of the seven peaks could be seen as well. I knew it. Oh, God is help us, master. You can join me if you wish. Master Ludlove? Well, I'll be going. I can use someone who knows the area a bit. You are familiar with your cousin's village? Yes, sir. I grew up near Schnertwald and I know the people there. Schnertwald, you say? The guard nodded. His overall mood had significantly improved, despite the news that his cousin's village was in danger. Isn't that on the edge of the western wilds? It is, master. That all but confirmed it for Ludlove. It most likely was a werewolf. What's your name, friend? Rudolf Bolknecht, sir. Come with me to the witch hunter headquarters. I will write up a leave of absence to the city guard. How long can you stay away from the city? Rudolf scratched his neck. My wife and sons won't like it if I stay away for too long. You don't have to come along. Your family comes first. The guard's eyes betrayed his inner conflict. How long will we be away? The journey is a day and a half. Then I suppose we will stay for at least a week. They were nearing the government district, where the witch hunter headquarters were located. Well, will you come or not? The guard pondered his decision. He was really struggling with this. You will, of course, receive double pay for each day you are with me. All doubt left the man's face at once. How come? His face was beaming while he said that. Ludlove gave a wry smile and they shook hands. The Grand General of the Witch Hunter Order, the stern and statuesque Lady Hoskiv, had been none too pleased with Ludlov's decision to leave the city for at least a week, but Ludlov's mentor, Adomir, had come to his aid. There are no truly pressing matters for Ludlov in Seven Peaks now. Allow the man a vacation, lady. Hunting yet another monster is hardly a vacation, Adomir. But if it will take his mind off his obsession with the Black Sickle, then I will let him go. And so, in the second week of the first moon of spring, Ludlov and his companion Rudolf set out from Seven Peaks. They rode over the Ulrich Bridge and made their way towards the western wilds. It was the unpredictable weather of early spring, with branches swaying angrily and blossom petals fluttering in the wind. The sky was dark grey, but no rain came. They rode in silence until they reached an ancient milestone by a crossroad. Ludlove had intended to simply keep riding west, but Rudolf halted his horse. What is it, Rudolf? Pardon me, master, but I think we should take another road now. This isn't the quickest road to Schnatwald, then? Oh, it is the quickest. It's just... Ludlove raised up his hand. 
Say no more. There's an inn you want to visit. No, sir. I, I mean, begging your pardon, sir, but I believe if we go north now instead of when we're in the western wilds, we can follow the river and we won't have to go through the forest. The witch hunter smiled. Are you afraid of the forest, Rudolph? You? A guard of seven peaks? If we meet ruffians along the way, I'm sure you can handle them. Not ruffians, sir. Witches. <laughs> well, what am I? A witch hunter, sir, I know. But I'm not. Rudlove took a deep breath. In reality, he knew there would be no witches jumping out of the trees to cast spells on them, but he was in a good mood. He usually was whenever he got to leave the city, and so he humoured Rudolph. Fine, then. North it is. As they rode north, the river Ivenon became visible. The wide stream ran alongside their road for the majority of the ride. After a while, the dense forest of the western wilds crept up closer until the road was but a narrow path between the river and the woods. And so it continued for the rest of their journey. By sundown, the clouds had mostly broken up and a purple sky greeted them as they rode into the village of Miller's Joy. It consisted of little more than a lumber mill, a wooden chapel and some houses. A heavyset woman approached with an expression of barely concealed contempt. Master Witch Hunter, there are no evil creatures in this village. I am aware of that, good lady. My companion and I are on a journey elsewhere and we merely seek a place to rest. There are no inns here either, or anywhere nearby. Where are you headed? Schnedwald. That's about half a day's ride from here. If you came from Seven Peaks, you should have gone through the forest. You would have got there sooner. The witch hunter cast a meaningful glance towards Rudolf, who smiled sheepishly. We decided to take the scenic route. In any case, it is clearly too dark for us to continue our journey now. So, we were wondering... I've got a barn if you're looking for a place to rest. Can't spare any food now, though. Witch hunter or no. Ludlov wasn't accustomed to such dismissive treatment. He felt an urge to remind this woman of his stature, but suppressed it. Very well. We have brought our own provisions. I'll open the barn door for you two, then. Wait here. She waddled off in the direction of the large farmhouse. Ludlov's gaze wandered to the chapel. He drifted towards it, almost unconscious of his own action. Young Rudolph remained exactly where he was. It was a rather nice-looking chapel in its modesty. Inside, there was a tiny statuette representing the goddess on a pedestal. It was a simple wooden carving of a woman caressing her pregnant belly, not detailed enough to show much of her face. The statue and the kneeling bench in front of it were surrounded by candles and flowers. Master Ludlov! He heard Rudolf call out behind him and turned around. The corpulent woman was standing next to the young guard, handing over the key to him. You may hold on to that key, Rudolf. And madam, thank you for your hospitality, Ludlov said loudly, then turned around again and entered the chapel. He knelt down on the bench and started a prayer.
Rudolf was already fast asleep on a dirty blanket amidst the hay when Ludlow at last entered the barn. He had spent his time in the chapel enjoying a rare moment of peace. The simple faith of ordinary townsfolk moved him in a way that city life had nearly caused him to forget. It was late now, but he was still not tired. Nevertheless, he would probably be sorry the next day if he didn't take the opportunity to have some rest now, and so he led himself down on the hay and tried to go to sleep. <coughs> Turning his head, he noticed something unusual. There were Rudolph's clothes, neatly folded and stacked next to his head. On top of them lay a rather large, oval-shaped amulet. It had to be made of silver. Ludlow rolled over, supporting himself on his elbow, to take a closer look. He almost gasped when he saw what it was. It was devoted to Sancta Gwendala, the patron saint of the Witch Hunter Order. She was depicted just like in the stained glass windows of the Grand Cathedral in Seven Peaks, a winged angel holding aloft a sword with the rays of the sun shining forth from it. The words, Demoni et venefice, mundus non vobis pertinit, were engraved around her, as well as Sancta Gwendala, ora pro nobis. This was a witch hunter amulet, and a very rare one at that. He hadn't seen such a thing in a long time. Long ago, such amulets were awarded to exceptionally brave witch hunters. They were blessed by the cardinal, and some were even purported to endow supernatural grace to a worthy bearer. Did Rudolf have any idea what treasure he was wearing around his neck every day? It seemed unlikely. <sighs> With a sigh, Ludlow laid down on his back. As he allowed his muscles to relax, he found himself staring at a small hole in the straw-covered roof of the barn. Through it, he saw the almost full moon quietly looking down on the peaceful farmlands like a watchful mother. For a moment, he forgot about the familiar hatred that was always nagging at his every nerve. Then something in the back of his mind reminded him of what awaited them in Schnadwald, and his instinct told him it might not be mere chance that was about to bring a witch-hunter, a werewolf, and a full moon together. To Ludlow's surprise, Rudolf was already awake when the rooster's cry yanked him out of his sleep. The young guard was busy polishing his boots, of all things. <clears throat> Good morning, Rudolf. Good morning, Master. You seem awfully cheerful. Are you looking forward to meeting your relatives? Rudolf tried to shrug and shake his head at the same time, resulting in an awkward and comical movement. Only my cousin lives in Schnertwald. We get along well and it'll surely be good to see him, but mostly I just feel good about today. Strangely so, in fact. All right then. A happy companion makes for better travels. It won't be a very long ride today, Master. Well, the ride to Schnertwald will not be long, no. But who knows what we will find there. We might have to go werewolf hunting. It would be the perfect time for it. Oh. Rudolf's expression was priceless. Uh, I see. Ludlow was still chuckling about it when he left the barn. <laughs> the smells of the farmyard filled the morning air. For whatever reason, it made the witch hunter nostalgic. 
even though he had never lived in the countryside. He was making his way to the stable with the intention of grabbing some bread for his saddlebag when the woman approached him again. So, you're ready for Schnatval then, are you? We are. Come then, Wichonta. Have breakfast with me. You are most gracious, but we don't want to impose. Besides, we should make our way to Schnatval quickly. She shook her head. No. Eat with me. And your scrawny friend too. Breakfast in the farmhouse turned out to be quite a hearty meal of freshly baked eggs, rye bread and apple stew. The woman wasn't exactly the jovial type, but her generosity was undeniable. Mm. Well, thank you for a fine meal, madam. I would be willing to reimburse you if need be. Money's no good to me. You just go and do your job now. I always do, even when I'm not treated to breakfast. Why did you invite us in? The woman's lower lip quivered ever so slightly. Ludlove could tell she was concealing anger, fear, or deep sadness. Schnellwald, it's too close to the Black Woods. Rudolf took a drink from his mug of bitter black tea and swallowed loudly. Do you mean the Western Wilds? The young guardsman, who had been fairly silent up till now, spoke up. It's what we call a part of the Western Wilds. Well, my cousin does. The farmer woman nodded sagely. That whole region's infested. Ludlove was intrigued. He had heard legends about the Western Wilds, of course, but he had never heard of an area called the Black Woods. Are you saying that the town of Schnertwald is right next to an accursed place? She touched her nose. I see. Well, that will help me with my investigation, thank you. You might wonder what sort of folk choose to live in a place like that. Rudolf flushed and Ludlow had noticed it. People with nowhere else to go, I suppose. Or people who feel right at home there. Rudolf clenched his jaw. <coughs> the woman sat back and sighed. All I'm saying is that you better watch out who you trust when you're in that place. I don't want that trouble reaching all the way over here. Ludlove smiled, took a last big gulp of tea and got up from his chair. I'm always careful. Thank you for breakfast. Come, Rudolph. Rudolph gazed into the woman's eyes, looking like he wanted to say something, but he remained quiet. I'm coming, master. <laughs>